Welcome to Motor Cult, episode 68. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? Good. I'm reading about Lexus GS models. <laughs> and why is that exactly? Well, my, uh, the editor for my magazine, uh, him and his wife got into an incident with her Lexus, and I was just kind of reading up on the engine and everything in it. It was a super rare model that she had. It was kind of a bummer. Which so, which model was it? It was the um, oh god, I lost it one second here. And uh, gotta get away from Predator. Was face. it like the best gen of GS? So like after the Alteza yeah. version, where it had yeah, like the really yeah, sculpted the, body. The, um, the... the S one ninety is what it was. Was okay. that body style? If you're a Japanese car nerd and you know cars by by their chassis code, the late single digit two thousands to the early double digit two thousands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it had the one UR FSE V eight and had yeah. a super rare. That's uh, the four six color on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was kind of joking with him, like, well, half joking. Might be serious, but um, yeah. <laughs> might have actually been very serious. I, I was serious, but um, we we should. Uh, I was saying, like, well, you know, I guess what we should do is take that engine out. I mean, you can't no sense in sitting to a scrapper. I mean, right? Car just got T-boned. So I'm like, let's go find like a '63 Dart or something. <laughs> Put that in. I would worry about the electronics a little bit, but I would I would actually like to see that in a first gen GS. So that's the thing is. Ben had the same re- response. He goes, I, how hard do you think this is going to be? And I, I just went on YouTube. I'm like, well, you could probably run it on a standalone, too. Well, I looked up one URFSD swap, and probably... I found some guys in Russia put one into a Chaika. Oh, so It's probably a popular like drift motor somewhere. I mean, they're cheap I and mean, pretty popular. Th- they're Maybe popular. Not. I mean, the, the, the UZs are really like about where it's at for Toyota V8 still. I suppose, yeah. Those are really low-tech, per, you know, comparatively no variable valve timing or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you can like fix it with a hammer, you know. Yes. It's much easier to... <laughs> Although those are getting harder to find. That is true. That not is true. After like cash for clunkers and like just those things becoming beater status cheap, the cars, you know, falling apart around the transmissions and stuff. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Hmm. But uh, no, I actually learned something really interesting about the Lexus GS. So the first gen was designed by Giorgetto Giugiaro. Ah, we do like him. Ever since then, though, every single manufacturer has been, or every single designer has been Japanese, hmm. which is interesting. Uh, and actually, I mean, the split headlight thing, like that was a Japanese design cue. And yeah, the that Gen GS and then like the uh, the E class that came just after this Gen GS kind of got facelifted, yeah. where they had like the split out center light. And yeah. the outer cluster. And they got rid of it. I really like that. I yeah. thought it was really handsome on both of those cars. Well, they, uh, you know that the C pillar on the GS as well. Like, actually, I really like the C pillar on the GS. That was uh, probably the only thing that's lasting on this car. It's from the original Giorgetto uh, design, but everything else seems to be the Japanese designs. Anyway, that's a handsome a, car. Yeah, that's it a, is. That's a bummer. That thing got smacked. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like a super rare color and everything. It's just yeah. But good news is they're they're all okay. Well, yeah, but the car, though. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, you, you Typical can, me being so cautious and. There's, there's like a. People. There's like a hundred and. That's probably there's like a hundred circumstance. Yeah, you got to turn your microphone towards you, Jana. <laughs> there's, there's like a hundred and fifty of these GSs, and there's only like one Ben and one Gary. So that like, is you know. rarer than anything I own, and yep. that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, that's a super rare car, her particular one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway. 
Let's uh, move on to it. I brought a uh, beer. Uh, Very fun. Now, this is a special beer. I was going to say, you walked in, and you told me something about this beer that was shocking to me. I said that this is the best IP I've ever had in my life. And but I went back immediately to IPA. And then, well, I, I literally just shared something on Facebook saying IPAs <laughs> are the uh, pumpkin spice lattes of uh, white boys. Oh, yeah. But, um, pumpkin spice latte of the bro. But th- the thing is, though, this isn't just like any IPA. This is I love the Russian font. The, the only IPA that I would put on my list of favorite beers overall. Like this, this list is like mostly malty stuff and like wheat beers and stuff like that. And right, I'm yeah. kind of the same way. I mean, we generally generally don't like IPAs. So uh, Matt, the owner of Fair State, yeah. uh, stopped by my shop. We helped him out, and you know, as a thank you, he gave me a four-pack of beer. Kind of love some reciprocity. Exactly. And that was the uh, Mirror Universe Hazy IPA. I think Fair State absolutely kills it with their package design. They're really good at it. Well, let's um, let's crack her open and uh, see how we like it. God, that sounds good. It's been been a while since we've done the game (laughs) open a beer. (laughs) I know. It's kind of a sad thing. We should get back to that because I like it. Um, I'm actually finishing off a cool light. So, uh, when you hear a second beer crack in a couple of minutes, and then a wow, <laughs> <laughs> can it be an Owen Wilson? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but you'll have to give me your opinion immediately right off the cuff. So good. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I I don't like IPAs at all, and I love, I love this IPA. It's everything that I like about the IPA. It's like the citrus, so, the citrusy kind of. Okay, like, so it's got the flavor, the flavor, but it doesn't it. have that nasty bite. It, or it, it's not like, over, like hitting you over the head with like a club with hops. So this is a gateway drug to. Yeah, regular it, ex- IPAs? except regular IPAs are, still don't suck, um, <laughs> but this one's really good. Uh, yeah, it's so good. I still, it's, I gotta come back to the package design is amazing. Yeah, and it, it, it's like actually drinkable. Um, I'm trying to. I don't know what the I, what the IBU is on it, but um. Uh, we could probably Google it. What's the beer called? Yeah, it, uh, Fair State Mirror Universe. And so uh, IBU, if you're not like a beer nerd, is international uh, bittering units. Yeah, bitterness oh, units. Something. You right. actually did get that right. But it's basically a high IBU beer. Thirty-three. It's a thirty-three. So that's seven percent ABV. That's a IPA with a IBU that's closer to. Like a wheat like beer. Like a Pilsner or something yeah, like that. Like a yeah, a Pilsner, yeah. That's not high for those people <laughs> listening that don't so know. So what's really convenient about IBUs and Surly is Surly's a notoriously hoppy company. Um, Surly Furious is a even 100 IBUs. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't a, realize it was that high. It's a really, really good benchmark. I actually kind of like Furious, too, so that's surprising. That's, they've got a lot of malt in it the whole thing with the ibu is like it's like such a weird scale it's so well balanced because it's got every bit of that bite that well, we the, don't like the but. thing is is like well it's weird how they do ibu because like ibu you can have that be outweighed by having something that's maltier so it, okay. you can have something that's got like a really high ibu like furious but you don't feel it as much sure sure even though it's just as bitter so it it's not the most accurate scale right okay it's like saying humidity as a percentage rather than a dew point basically 
it's, there's not really okay. a mathematical way of doing I like that, that though, because dew point, I still don't understand. But humidity, like you get. I get the percentage, even, yeah. Even like, okay, though cool. like, that doesn't really make <laughs> no, sense. But it's yeah. a number, and I kind of get like the higher one is more water in the air. Yeah, exactly. And the lower one is when my lips start to crack and bleed inside of my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that that's kind of the difference, and that that's a good way to really describe it for a lot of people. Um, anyway. Uh, let me know what you think of it when you get to I it. I will, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to finish this thing up immediately after I go over just one quick thing here, and I'll set you loose on your first topic. But, Actually, um, you have the first topic. Oh, shoot. But you do two in a row. All right, fine. <laughs> so, okay, just a quick update on our Patreon plans. Uh, we are still planning to start doing apparel in early 2019. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Motor Cult will be rebranding. Yes, uh, well. <laughs> Due to an apparel company that owns a trademark to Motor Cult. So, um, if you are a level two Patreon patron, you have an insight in what we change it to. Um, so make sure to log onto the Patreon page. I did send out a memo to everyone that's on that list, uh, giving you access, um, to just, uh, send us ideas. And then also I added our private discord chat yes. integration to that. So all you have to do is link your uh, Patreon account to your discord and it will auto add you to our, uh, discord chat. And you can directly ask us questions uh, for things to cover on the show, suggestions, things like that, through that. Um, if you have any questions, just email us. should be just fine, though. That stuff works amazingly well. Uh, and then topic one. Actually, um, be- before we do that, I do want to note, sure. when I first came up with the Motor Cult name, because yeah. I'll take blame for that. Sure. Yeah, that, had, that was the main thing. I'm like, yeah. I called you. I'm like, hey, man, I want to do a podcast. Are you in? Like, yeah, I've even got a name. Motor Cult. I'm yeah. Like, Hell yeah, well, let's do this. <laughs> this is the thing. I looked it up and everything. It did not come up in my Google searches. Like, I, sh- I searched Well, the thing is, the company's two- been around for a long time, but they have such a tiny web presence. Yeah. And no, we, it, they do, like, biker clothing and stuff like that in yeah. the West Coast. So we really don't have an overlap. I bet it would never be an issue. But I, I don't want to be forced to rebrand later. Yeah, exactly. Problem, so. And I, I, Well, I also, I don't want to step on their toes because, I mean, this guy's been doing it since, like, the 90s. But it's like, yeah, like, he has, like, I Googled it and there's like nothing there really. But then I looked up on Facebook is the first thing that came up. Right. I'm like, like, like after we had started it, right. after that's when we found out about right. this is when I, I looked it up. It was like, I think about like a week ago and I'm like, what the heck? I know <laughs> it's really annoying, but it, you know, it is oh, what well. it is. It yeah. will be fine. I mean, other than like a couple batches of stickers, like we're really not out like a ton. At yeah. This we're, point, we're, so. we're okay. And, and we will give the guests a new updated one. If we pick a name that does not have MNC in it. Yes. And bonus true. points also to the Patreon patrons. If you pick a new name that we end up choosing that has MNC in it, I think extra it, good. I, I think I think if <laughs> if the Patreon uh, comes up with that, uh, they should get a free sticker. I mean, I'm actually, I'll give them a free shirt when we finally yeah, get that going. I, that, so. I'm okay with that. Yes. So there you go. There's some extra incentive uh, if I do not have to do a new design, although I'm more than willing to. So there's that. Um, do you want to take your first story and I'll do two in a row so I can finish this beer? Or do you want me to do my first? And yeah, I'll do yours? I'll do mine first. Okay, cool. um, uh, once you bring it up on the screen yeah, for can, people who are um, watching the stream here or watching on YouTube. Um, hello, industrious little fellows. Yes, hello there. Uh, so <laughs> RM Sotheby's, they're notorious for being like collector, you know, the super fancy older collector cars. Mm-hmm. So, like, fabulous photos, too. Yeah, I think when I was at like Arm Sotheby. The, oh, goodness, yes. yes. <laughs> when I was at, at Arm Sotheby back in Monterey, I saw yeah. like a single like roof, like BTR. And that was like the newest car they had. 
Oh man. So so you're telling me there's a lot of pre-war here. They, no, not not necessarily not pre-war because that that's more um that's more Gooding and Company's game. Okay. But Arm Sotheby, they do a lot of like 60s and 50s stuff. Um, but they're do they're uh, auctioning this collection off in actually four different auctions. Um, I think it's like Paris and there's a couple in uh. America and then one in uh, Germany, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, I assume this this auction house is is big. I mean, they do. They're massive. Oh, they're massive. Arm Sotheby's is one of the largest. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they're I'm auctioning... not rich enough to know that. Yeah, they're. <laughs> I, I like to dream big. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I, I I should know about this, but I admit that I don't. Well, I I started following them because it was around the time when J and C started hitting the collector market. I wanted to, you know have a good line on to like how people are feeling about them. So sure. I started following like Sotheby's and Gooding Company and Bonhams and that stuff. Sure. Um, but anyway, they're going to be auctioning off this collection. It's going to be like, it's a massive collection of like modern cars. Okay. And it's basically, if you are into European and Japanese cars, like every cool car that has come out since about like 1978 yeah is in this collection <laughs> um, so they also have good taste is what i'm hearing super good so yeah like Aston martin Lagandas, which is a super love it or hate it that one is in like the most delicious spec i've ever seen yeah that that's an extremely i love this car in martin every form. tickford <laughs> whatever that is yeah martin T- uh, well, no it's Aston martin T- tickford but tickford is the they're the coach builder that made it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But uh, this one's got like a splitter and side skirt. Yeah, stuff t- like that Dickford actually made a really cool um, Mercury Cap- or Ford Capri. There's a Tickford Capri, which looks really cool as well. I don't really think this car is completely hideous, and this one actually is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, it's really tight. Like, it's like the ultimate like 80s like luxury sedan. Oh, here we go. Burgers opening his Moment beer. of truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the IPA flavor and none of the 9-volt battery. Yeah, it's like the perfect IPA. This is the best IPA I've if ever had If all IPAs life. were like this, I would drink them a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Good on you, Fair State. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, man, Matt from Fair State is a master of his craft. Wow. That's very fine. Very fine indeed. We've had two beers on here from Fair State, and each of them have been absolutely delicious. So, first date, if you're looking to sponsor a podcast about cars, do let us know. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. A series a, 4. Yeah, a super late model Lagonda, too. Um, wow, look at those wheels. You can kind of go a little bit quicker through these because there's okay. like literally hundreds of cars. I just have to make sure that the computer is keeping up. I mean, I've got the encoding overloaded thing. Oh, okay. I will be oh, replacing okay. the laptop, so everyone knows, with something with a little more horsepower shortly. That way we can... Oh, oh wow! Yes, look at that. You are Quattro. Oh man. So yeah, it's basically like Lagandas and you are Quattros, but then you get like newer stuff, like late model, like Vanquishes and stuff. Oh um, my! Alpina B seven Turbo. Um, God. Yeah. Like, yeah, these people have incredibly good taste. B nine. That looks like Harold's old car. It probably is Harold's old car. <laughs> I, uh, one of the first issues of the BMW Car Club newsletter for Northstar, yeah. I did, had Harold's B9 on the cover, and that's oh. still my favorite cover art. God, that car had a corduroy interior. Yes. That's awesome. An Alpina, like, lime green and blue. It was the Perfect. jam. That sounds awesome. 
But yeah, M6. A ton, a ton of Alpinas. Yeah. <laughs> That's the M6. Or yeah, there's that M6. There's the M6. Right there. The yeah. Young Timer Collection, 1980. It's called the Young Timer Collection. <laughs> it's That's a US spec car, but it's got the metric TRX wheels on it. Interesting. They've okay. Oh, 850 CSI. Yeah. And there's, wow. Then there's a B12, an Alpina 850. Oh, CSI mirrors. Okay. That's a lovely car. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love the louvered hood. It's harking back to the 80s vintage. <laughs> oh, the, wow. A 2000. Yeah, B, a B12, but the one after yeah. this is like totally 100% me. Like, all right, remember what I said what my favorite Ferrari oh, aesthetically for- is? <clears throat> wow. I really like that car. I know. I know you do. It, it, it looks it's like... not good. It's not a good car at all, but I really like it. It's like a two-door SD1 with some Ferrari badges stapled on it. Kind of, yeah. That's what it is. Um... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. V8, though. I don't know. The S4S is where it's at. Uh, what was Which was that? The S4S was the latest body like this, but it yeah. was the four-cylinder turbo. So and they, they used they like a, a reliable transaxle. That's what we're talking about, uh, Lotus Esprit. So they, they had a four-cylinder turbo Esprit. Yep, 2.3-liter four-cylinder. I, I think it was actually a Lotus engine. Oh, really? I don't know if it was a derivative of the early one or not, but they had like a modern five-speed transaxle in it. Because the problem with the V8 cars, other than the fact that the engine wasn't terribly reliable, was the Renault 20-whatever-the-hell transaxle in that mm. thing. Because it, it would take stock power mostly, <laughs> but if you shifted it like quickly or you You'll added any it. boost at all, it just shattered <laughs> into yeah. a million little pieces. So <laughs> they've got, yeah. And then, oh, a 6.3. Yeah, a 6.3 uh, Mercedes uh, 300 SEL. Which is actually still 6.2 liters, even back in the day. Yes, and then they had... Uh, oh, my God. The 450 SLC 5 liter. Why um, does that look like it's a longer than normal wheelbase in that photo? That's just how the f- SLCs looked. Really? They, yeah, they extended them to be a 2 plus 2. I remember not that long ago, SLCs in reasonable condition were like $1,200. Yeah, because nobody wanted them. I still and don't then, want one. But. And then people like started buying the R107s because they were the oldest affordable uh, Mercedes Roadster, and yeah. then they go, oh, wait, the only one with a racing pedigree is the SLC. But the top <laughs> doesn't go down on that yeah, one. Yeah, so, so it's so. like these throw Oops. your hands up in the air. 560 SEC, yeah. AMG, 6-liter wide What body. I want to know is... Perfect. Thank you, Corey. Is that a 4-cam, or is it a 2-cam motor? Because they offered both. Well, a 2-cam would be a single-word cam. A 4-cam would be a dual-word cam. Right. But the AMG, during this time, was taking oh. some of these 117s and putting custom cylinder heads on them. I don't know. If that's a twin cam. If that's I a mean, twin cam, that's boo-coo bucks. Why don't you click on it and look? Because you can click What's on clickable? it. Yeah, each one of them are. Uh, I should probably do this on my MacBook so I don't completely crash yeah. the stream. That would be a good idea. While you're doing that, I'm going to go through the, some other cars from this collection. Please do. Uh, 91 500 SL AMG 6 liter pre-merger uh, AMG uh, R129. Yeah, I see that. Oh, um, it's got that. Oh, wow, it's got the later grill on it, which is interesting. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 94 uh, E500, uh, which is... Twin cam. Holy God. Oh, really? Those, I gotta, I, it's worth... I got to pull it up on that's this. It's awesome. worth it. Um, that car is going to go for big bucks. They've got two... Uh, <laughs> Uh, E500s, uh, Morgan Aero Super Sports. Uh, E500s or 500Ds? E500 is. So the really late one, the 95? Super late one, yeah. Um, 92 928 GTS, like the last 928. Is it a manual? Uh, like Harold's car? Uh, I'm going to hope so. It, it's this collection. I'm sure it's a manual. All right, the engine's on the screen. 
Oh, look at that cylinder head. That is definitely an 80s twin cam. Yeah, that, that is like, well, we can do this. <laughs> so did they do like the Volkswagen thing where they just put a separate timing chain on the opposite end of the head? No, it runs stock timing chain stuff. I mean, they, these are originally a duplex chain motor, so all they had to do was just run like a separate guide. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it wasn't hard. Yeah, I was wondering if like they had like having a longer chain or something, or but yeah, yeah, okay. the chain's a different part number, I'm sure, but okay, it's the same width and all that. I just, I, I would have imagined that ease if you're doing an aftermarket dual rear cam cylinder, it'd just be easier to do the Volkswagen thing where you do like a single rear cam, then you just have an inner chain on the opposite side and run your own cams. Yeah, I mean, you would think so, but I think the issue with that is how they set up the valve train on the single cam engines, like the one that's in Blubsky. The yeah. cam tower is like three inches up, and it's all rocker follower. So, like, in order to add a second cam to that sort of layout, you'd be better off just starting blank. Like, I don't know if this I is love that they started solid with a lifter. Blank state. Yeah, they're like, oh, just take a brand new 560 motor and just throw the cylinder heads into a dumpster, and then just be like, yeah, we can do better. All right, so I'm just going to blast through some of these other cars. That Sounds good. Got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 84 Rolls-Royce Silver Spurs, St. James yes. by Hooper, which is a uh, coach-build uh, 84 Rolls-Royce. Um, it is the least collectible Rolls-Royce, but it's the most collectible version of the I don't the know. I think the Silver Seraph might be worse. No, the Silver Spur, because that's the one that they made like $8 trillion of. True. Okay, fine. Um, 850 CSI in red. Hell yeah. Like yours, but better. Um, that's true. <laughs> 575M Mar- uh, Marinello, which is... Six-speed? Uh, I'm confident of it. Uh, I'm big bucks. Honestly, I'm gonna assume everything. If there's a manual transmission option available in this uh, collection, it's either that particular. I car suppose this whole thing is about how good of they, taste they have. They also <laughs> have a manual, so I'm literally just gonna assume that because I've like clicked on like a third of these cars, and I. What's up with this 560 SEC convertible? Yeah, it's a coach built thing. Yeah, I know, but what the hell? That's fucking cool, isn't it? Offered uh, without reserve. Sorry, Ryan, now's that, your chance. Oh, I can have it. <laughs> um, also i just dropped her one F whatever i'm sorry <laughs> so I you hope, are immediately forgiven i hope you don't need it for later um oh, we each get we each get one. Oh, do we okay yeah so uh there's also 93 rx7 fd which is, is that the first year of the fd first year of the fd uh 86 sl in black which is a That's very a heavy euro it's all euro. it's all euro it's very handsome another 89 560 sec uh, 300ZX Twin Turbo, uh, 928 S4, 88, 928 GTS in black. Not the silver one that I pr- m- previously mentioned. <laughs> Black's the right color. 94 Supra, uh, very importantly. V160? Uh, uh, yes, it's a turbo, so it has to be. Um, silver Spur uh, 3 Limo, um, Bentley Turbo RL, uh, Bentley Continental R Le Mans 2002. So it's like, don't get excited. It's not the new one. <laughs> um a Cadillac I still X- kind of like the first, like, Arnage Turbos. I, I, I honestly, I prefer the uh, Continental R's from, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. I think they look cooler. They do. I, the only problem I have with, like, the early Turbo R before they went to the Arnage yeah. is the, the sealed beam headlights, the roundies. Mm. If you could change those to later Arnage headlights, like, I would daily a Bentley. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, and also, I would not put that past you. Oh, God, uh, no. To, so his American cars are hilarious. <laughs> Because like he's got all the best of Europe and Asia, then America he's just got the garbage of America. So these are in some somebody's collection. They're not just for sale through them. This is one collection. 
It's one massive collection. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I thought these were all submitted no, cards. No, it was, it was called that have the, been like aggregated. No, this is one single collection called the Young Timer Collection. That's oh my, all been put up for sale. Oh all my once. goodness! There's oh okay. I thought it meant all together. I'm just like somebody. Somebody has to place a bid for all of these together. <laughs> Like seven billion dollars, exactly. They want to have the largest car purchase ever, right? Um, all right, so their American cars are hilarious. I'm gonna go through them really quick because they are absolute garbage. Is there a link for this or no? Uh, you just keep scrolling down. So, yeah, 2008 Cadillac XLR, a 1982 Corvette, <laughs> I'm all the way at the bottom, a 95 Corvette Pace car. Oh, god, at least it's not the 97. Is that the purple one with the yellow wheels? Uh, no, that's the purple one with the white. Uh, bottom purple and white two-tone gross yeah it's bad 95 corvette zr1 which is still i was, love those that's kind of cool but it's like i don't know man like the whole point of the c4 is because it's the cheapest crappiest corvette yeah but you could have the nicest cheapest crappiest corvette and they got the xjrs a 93 uh, jaguar xjrs if you want to spend a bunch of money on a car that will never run <laughs> uh but anyway there's four pages of this stuff I'm only pulling up the one, unfortunately. All the way at the bottom, it's just a link, so I can't see the. American oh yeah, you're though. you're only on the you're on a different page. I, I I clicked on the link to that was actually in the notes, and it had everything. I did too. Oh, I'll try again. It I seems don't know. to not be working for you then. Well, apparently um, this laptop is unhealthy. There's a few more cars I want to get to before we end on this. Uh, another another R107, um, a SL600 V12 black. Very nice. Uh. Now, and I mentioned that they also had all the good Japanese cars, right? So I've already been over. <laughs> you may have. Yeah, the RX-7, the Supra, uh, Z31, and Z32 300ZXs. In I assume rare turbos. Yeah, in their rarest trims. So, it's the, so is the Z32 a fair lady? Uh, well, yeah, they all were if you got a JDM one. Fair lady. Is this a JDM one, though? No, it's a European okay, one. Okay. Um, but the uh, 88 300ZX is a Shiro Special, which was... Is it this one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's a very, very sought-after car, if you're into Especially that. by you. Um, I, actually, no. I like the post... I, I hate the post-facelift. I think it looks, <laughs> I think it looks like a two. I think it looks like a 240Z in a fat suit. It does, and it's kind of sleepy-looking. Yeah, I don't like it. I like the pre-facelift way more. Um, well, yeah, it has more angles. Of course you do. So, yeah, then you got 968 Cabriolet... Uh, Renault 5 Turbo 2, Heck yeah. which Jan is excited about. Yeah. Another Alpina B7 Turbo, B9, B7, 635 CSI. <sighs> Lots of Alpinas. Like every single good uh, BMW. Uh, oh, a uh, 99750 IL uh, extended wheelbase limousine. Ugh, gross. Um, yeah, but if you are a dignitary of an African country. If it had um, the protection package, I would be all about it. Uh, I think it does because it, it does. Is, it have really awful wheels on it. I think it does. I didn't look too. Yeah, I'm still it scrolling. Yes, it does have awful wheels. It's got like, basically big ass bottle caps. That <laughs> might be a protection car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every single like '90s Bentley, like he's got three '91 Bentley Turbo R's, like every variant of it. That's hilarious. Up uh, four, that, yeah, four of them actually. The maintenance bill just to keep these things like idling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be awful. Um, he's oh, got... yeah. It's not a protection. Oh, is it? That's not it. Oh, that's not it. No, no. It's it's a black limousine. Hold on, I'm finding it. Why is there a standard 850? Because you own one. That's. But these probably are not six speeds. He 
They might be. Uh, he just has a, he's got so many BMWs. That, uh, that's not it. Go down. That's it. That is a protection package. Yeah. Yes. So it's a protection package one. Um, he also has a 280Z. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's kind of like uh, he, the, whoever was like, had this collection just sort of went through and every year goes, what are the five coolest cars I don't already own? <laughs> and just bought every one of them. I would love to have that kind of cash to light on fire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, he also has a uh, 84 500 SEC AMG 5.4 uh, wide body and Holy a God. 79 Mercedes 500 TE AMG wagon. Well, TE means wagon. Yeah, but hey, for people that aren't Mercedes people. If they don't know that, they should really check themselves. Well, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're talking about people that are like, you know, Japanese car fans. That, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, but then there's a 450 SCL AMG 6.9, the big red pig. Um, I'm still fixating on this M5. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're probably spending a lot of time doing that. Um, <laughs> well, it's a 99. This is clearly a very early production car. They also have a 560 SEL Division, which is a stretch limousine. Okay. It's basically a Manuel Noriega's car, I think. This silver E38 BMW is missing a center cap. Why is it missing a center cap? It's probably his daily driver. It's a lovely car. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the uh, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, Princess Diana body style um, Mercedes S classes. <laughs> yeah, all all V12s. I want to meet this person. Yeah, this guy's got the best taste. But no, the cool. I, I think probably the most underrated cool car in this collection is his '96. 600 or s 600 amg because that one's like yeah that's up there for one of my favorite weirdo mercedes was the 600 amg a stroked five liter v8 car or was it a six liter v12 V12. okay because a lot of the time in the 90s they were actually making six liter versions of the m119 v8s so yeah they have a couple earlier ones that are definitely that but that one's like a 96 so it'd be a v12 ah well the, the, the 119 continued until 1998 there's literally a page of W124s. Those are great cars until you get to 1994 when they switch to the biodegradable wire harness and water-based yes. paint. Squirrels love them, though. They do. And the water-based paint. You see a 93, no rust. You see a 94, it's in a dumpster already. Yeah, it's true. Um, he's got two. No, sorry, one. 98 Mercedes SL 70 AMG V12. 70, not 73? 70. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Like he's got stuff you've never even heard of. Here Which we go. Which is incredible. Right. So you are probably uh, half our audience, I imagine, is, is from the Japanese car world, and they're probably listening to me list <laughs> off every Mercedes ever made. <laughs> Don't worry. I have now gotten to what you want to hear. Uh, 1986 Mercedes. Er, Mercedes. Mercedes. It. It's a habit now. Um, 1986 Mitsubishi Starion ESIR. Um, 82 200ZX, or 280ZX. Just a normal 280ZX, very cool. Uh, 82 280ZX Turbo, uh, the fastest production Japanese car in 1982. So the 280ZX, is that a similar body style to the Z31 or no? No, that's closer to the 280s. And the, it's called an S130, so it's okay. It's like a so modernized S30, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's definitely like the C4 Corvette of the... That could be high praise coming from you. It's one of those things where it's definitely the worst of all of the Z cars. But so it's the third-gen Corvette. 
Yeah. Those are the worst Corvettes. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So it's yes. a third gen Corvette. Okay, fine. I, I understand. Where, it was still now. grasping onto the original roots before updating. Um <laughs> However, he does have my favorite uh, Nissan um, that's attainable, <laughs> I should say, because he does not have a C110 Skyline. Uh, nobody has those. Um, 84. Let's see if I can find this quicker here. 84 300ZX Turbo 50th Anniversary Edition. Favorite Z car. It's that wide body two tone. They just scrolled past it. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. That one. Ah! Oh. I gotta wait for the encoding to catch up, but yeah, that car. That is that is that's, the that's Ryan's brain wrapped up in sheet metal. It, it's literally my favorite <laughs> attainable car. Like before you start getting like really weird like Countaches and stuff like that, like that's the peak of cool car to me for normal cars. Um he's got just a ton of just meh Porsches. He actually has a second turbo too, honey. Oh yay. Janice I was says say, oh, he's yeah. got a bunch of Z thirty twos. Yeah. A lot of C3s. Oh, it's a 968, though. Yeah, 968, yep. Uh, Rolls-Royces, a lot of silver uh, shadows, silver wraiths, silver spur. A 911 GT3 RS. What an interesting car. That car is also up there, but the Z31 just barely beats it out because the Renault 5 is not shaped like a wedge. (laughs) That's kind of a prerequisite for me. Sorry if you are not into that. It's my taste. Um... Rolls-Royce Corniche, just like James May. Um, lots of Rolls-Royces. How many of our audience members do you think actually care about Rolls-Royce? Um, uh, unless it's like a, a manual swap Phantom, probably not very many. All right, well, he's got a ton of Rolls-Royces. Anyway. Some of them have window tint, even. Yes. Uh, and then the last car in the collection, a 2007 Weissman GT. I remember those. Those are E46 M3 powered. Yes, they are. And they are... Um, Hideously it, ugly? No, they're. I, I think they were based off the um, Lotus Seven. Mm, could be. I think they're like based off. Yeah, based off those, and that's got awfully big brakes on it. I do remember these though. Yeah, the, I remember. I thought they were kind of cool uh, when I saw them on Top Gear, and then never saw one in real life in my life, ever. The only, uh, I think I remember them finding a company that made an RV that had an underfloor storage designed for one of these vice. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was really cool. Um, but anyway, this is the coolest collection of cars I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it's taken us half an episode to get through that. That's so whatever. That. Nah, that's fine. <clears throat> All right. I want to talk about a couple of things. One yeah. of them is a hybrid oh. Toyota mm. compact car called a Prius. Ryan's giving me like a death, death gaze. Yeah, they made the Persona edition two years ago. It had some like fancy graphics on the side. No, 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 okay. no. This one has a V8 in it. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one's a racy one. They've been doing that since 2012, though. Well, I didn't know that. I guess nobody did. Okay. Yeah, I just found this last week, and uh, there's a timestamp I gotta find here. I think I wrote it's, it down. Uh, four I minutes, actually, twenty-nine yeah, seconds. Four twenty-nine. Four twenty-nine. Blaze it. <laughs> I love the yellow headlights they put on it still. But, it, yeah, that that is making V8 noises. And I can't figure out if it's still a, C- a CVT, but it still has a hybrid drivetrain because it's, you're saying, class requirements yes. for the race? Yep. So, yeah, this thing, it's a third-gen Toyota Prius is what it started life as. That's that's a fourth-gen, actually. Oh, okay, fourth-gen. That's gen. a fourth-gen. Is this Squinty car? That one? Yeah, yeah, that's a squinty car. Oh, okay, fine. It's a squinty car. That, that's why they were testing it, because they uh, just made the new Prius oh, okay. uh, race car. 
So the, it originally started out as a third gen. I think it had like a three U Xenon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But um, yeah, now they're since the three U Z is like long discontinued, and they've got new body style and everything. Might as well update it. Right. Um, I guess it doesn't really make sense because Toyota was <laughs> pro, they were Toyota's campaigning the fourth Mark IV Supra until 2008. Wow. Yeah. I assume not in this country. No, in uh, Super GT, their, oh, okay. their, sure, sure, sure. their domestic touring car race. And then they were also campaigning that SC430 uh, Soar. That uh, car, yeah, that had a, a pedigree. Yeah, it's got a very, it's got a pedigree as long the, as my arm. The Prius apparently also does. And it's got a really good pedigree. <laughs> but um, this one doesn't have the 3UZ. No, this one. The 4.3. This one's got a 5.4 liter version of the, the F-Sport engine, the, the yeah. ISF, RSF, 5 liter. This one's 5.4. NA V8 super high strung, and it's also hooked up to a hybrid drivetrain <laughs> yeah. system. Somehow, yeah, hybrid synergy drive is handling that. So. It's also mid engines as well. Yep. Which yeah, is very you had cool. to look that up because yeah. we were looking up class rule well, issues. Well, it used and... it used to be up until they released the Prius that you would have to have it be the standard drivetrain. So sure, it's kind of like NASCAR, like in the nineties, where you'd have to start with a factory bodied car and go from there. Right, and it looks like that's what they did. Yeah, it is exactly part. what they did, and they just like. Yeah, slimmed it down a lot, but the it's um, much less of a fat suit. What they what one of the rules was was that you would have to have the factory drivetrain. So first right. time, I'm like, wait, would that be front wheel drive? Then that'd be ridiculous, <laughs> right? But, then, yeah, apparently, no, it allows drive. you to just be two wheel drive and change it. So, so that's good. yeah, no, I think they updated it probably in 2012 when they started doing the. Isn't that when Porsche took a 911 and made it mid-engined as well? I think so. Yeah, because it's like still the same type of configuration, but it's changed just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Yeah, so uh, you have a Jalopnik ad up here on your oh t- sorry on, on our stream. Here. It's it's well, it's not on the stream, but oh, it's not. You're I, right. I queued up the next thing here. But, so um, yeah, yeah. so it, it's actually really really cool, and I'm just surprised that people are just hearing about this because like it well, was in Gran Turismo, like Gran Turismo Five. You could yes, get it. but people, including me, are like basically potatoes. Yeah, it's like subterranean grown I think it's, legumes. It's a thing where it's like we all remember Gran Turismo 4 and like all the weird stuff because like we hadn't yeah. developed our taste in cars yet. Right. And I developed my taste in cars from Gran Turismo 4 from like well, buying we all, all the weird Japanese started with Japanese like Sprinter Turnos and we upgraded to FTOs and then we got GTOs and <laughs> yeah, then we exactly. got Evos. I mean, it was just like performance per dollar in the game. Yeah, it's it really like was. real life. So like you never got... A Prius GT LM, whatever thing you got from winning a license test. Yeah, you don't, you don't want that. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, I totally get why we didn't, or sorry, I'm lumping you into this. You knew this. I yeah. didn't. Um, I just remember weird things about this because I remember, like, they had little biographies about cars and, like, okay. Grand Turismo 5. I'd actually, like, sit through and read all those. See, I hate reading, so. I love reading, so. Well, <laughs> you and I are different. So That's true. That is the best possible thing you can do with a Prius. I want to talk about the worst possible thing you can do with a pickup truck. Is it like something like some sort of weird hate crime from the South? Because yeah, that that's been done. Yeah, it is actually. And GM did it themselves with the 2020 Silverado HD, or is it 2019? No, oh, it is 2020 God, Silverado HD. One. So um, I, I don't even know if I have a a stock photo of one of these things, but you don't really need it. But it's the thumbnail there. So yeah, thumbnail. Yeah, it, it honestly does not look much different than that. Right. So people have been photoshopping the ever living bejesus out of these things <laughs> to try so. to make them a little bit more attractive. How, uh, basically, how, how long do you think until Mary Barra just gets fired? Uh, next week. Maybe? Yeah, because between this and 
firing everybody at GM. Like they they've just had nothing but embarrassment after embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it should look like. <laughs> that one's yeah, it's a lot better. So they bisected the grill with this gigantic belt buckle Chevrolet thing. That's true. That looks a lot better. It's just a competition on who can make the biggest badge for their pickup at this point. Yeah, basically is that my, my favorite Photoshop thus far is somebody put on a 90s K The GMT 400. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Chevrolet. I kind of <laughs> like this Warner Brothers Chevrolet. Yeah. Oh, they didn't have it. They didn't have the 90s one. Oh, uh, I think they did. It's in the comments. Oh. I oh. like the all grill one. That one's really cool. No headlights, just a giant you do, you grill. Do. It's on the mirrors. <laughs> a, oh, that just realized. The, <laughs> oh, the and, seats are grills, it, too. And the driver's a grill as well. <laughs> it's just nothing but grills. Grill? 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 <laughs> Let's go through some more of these comments. Oh, yeah. There's the high country, which looks a lot better. That but does not look good at all. It still looks terrible. Looks it's disgusting. got the same issue. It's still got that bisecting... Ugh. <laughs> all I see are a whole bunch of ovens. So somebody photoshopped the oven doors onto the front of it. It actually looks quite a bit better. Uh, I, I hope the, this... That's the EV version. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little more comments. There is more. So somebody photoshopped the front of the heavy duty onto a Camaro, and it actually looks way better. That they, I figure out what they did. All right. So they probably had the intern that had like all the paperwork and everything. She tripped, or he tripped. He or she tripped. I'm not assuming their gender. Uh, tripped and knocked over all their this papers. This is how PC the podcast and, is. And they put all their papers together, and clearly they got the what should have been the Camaro grill onto the. Silverado and the Silverado. There were thumbnail sketches, and that she dropped he or she, sorry, dropped yeah. both folders on and the they're ground. And they're just all over the place. And, and it was just they just put them together randomly, and that's how it came together. And it is just not good. What um, I haven't seen is somebody photoshopping the Camaro front end onto the heavy duty pickup. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Anyway, so there's a bunch of photoshops. Uh, there's a bunch more comments. I'm not going to scroll Let's through. Let's talk them, about good news. Okay, fine. Uh, Mazda made the Miata better. The the ND. Yeah. I mean, it was already really good. It yeah, was already better the than... The answer is pretty much always Miata. Yeah, it, that, that's why every other small sports, affordable sports car fails. It's because Miata does it so well. Well, even, yeah, like the GT86, which is amazing. It still doesn't sell as well. No, the GTA 6 has to have a different perk where it has to be like a 2 plus 2. And I captured the market that the Miata's leaving by the wayside. Um, but no, so they added... Uh, well, actually, speaking of the GT86, do you remember when the GTA 6 added 5 horsepower? Like, whiz-bang. I remember when they did it with the like STI edition aesthetics package. Yeah, it was that one. They and then added, I think they, they did it for real on the regular cars, right? Yeah, they when did. they made it yep. super ugly? Uh, no, no, the, it got a lot better looking. At least they the facelifted it, it looked way worse. The BRZ looked way better. No, I disagree. The wheels are amazing. I, I, I just don't care. They're the best wheels that Subaru's ever made. Well, yeah, the whole car is the best car Subaru's ever made. It's true. There we go. So you agree. <laughs> um, it's a great car. <laughs> it's a fabulous car. So they added five horsepower, which is pretty cool. The uh, whiz bang uh, on the uh, BRZ. However, Miata, not to be outdone, added twenty six horsepower. <laughs> That's a little more. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, Subaru's like, yeah, we gave you a whole five. Aren't you excited? It's for more fun. So they actually did this a while ago, but I, I didn't read into what they did to gain that. So this is what I'm... They, they actually, like, came out with, like, this is what we did. Because it was rumored that they did that. It wasn't confirmed that the American one was getting that. Um, lightweight rotating ass assembly. I imagine possibly weaker because they just shaved off a bunch of metal. I don't think so, but maybe. Yeah, that's the thing that's I'm worried about. The old engine wasn't... Super strong. 
the first gen ND one, and it's fuel system limited at 200 horsepower. Yeah, it, well, I'm, that's, I'm getting to that. Uh, well, also, that was the old one. I'm not talking about the new one. But anyway, they're, uh, they improved. It's still the same basic engine. Okay. It's just a different cylinder head and also has rotating a assembly. One more revs, right? Yeah. Uh, improved cylinder head uh, intake port design, freer flowing, larger exhaust valves, uh, new manifold, and a new ex- like muffler itself. Fuel injection system has also been improved. It's uh, higher capacity, also improves swirl and spray Very to nice. re- reduce knock even further. Engine now revs to 7,500 RPM instead of 68. Yes. Yes, it's very cool. Um, <laughs> they, all the lightning of the rotating assembly is how they did that. Um, you know, it's, these are things where it's like we think about, like, I'm sure, you know, somebody could just take the rev limiter off and drive it up to 75 without a problem. Yeah. But it's a lot safer. No, oh, it has a also, warranty still. Yeah, this has a warranty still. <laughs> so also it's got, uh, it's got stiffer valve springs as well. Um, I would imagine so yeah. with the additional revs. So, yeah, they, they made it a lot better. It's also got a telescopic steering wheel for tall people or Jana. That was actually a big thing they added. Yeah, no, because I know it's the first time ever in a Miata. And Jana, when we went to the auto show last year, she could not get into one. The 124 has had this since inception, for the record. Okay. So, well, no, my problem with the Miata was that I couldn't reach the pedals because the footwell was so long. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I think now with the telescopic steering wheel, it goes back an inch. It might help. We'll see. We'll yeah, I could just buy out. a Fiat 124 and just call it good because it's yeah. a better car. It's true. Um, but this is the thing. They've gone and ruined it. Uh-oh. Do you remember the dual-mass flywheels that used to have a Mark IV Volkswagens? No, but do, it, they do, sound do problematic. Do you know what a dual-mass flywheel is? Ryan, almost every BMW has a dual-mass flywheel. All yes. right, so you know that they're problematic. Uh, on Volkswagens, I've heard they are. On BMWs, they're very solid. Um, yep. Uh, Mazda's using one now. I well, that could be fine. I've never had an issue with a BMW one. Ugh, God, every single one. I have to explain to people why their Mark IV <laughs> Volkswagen clutch job is now seven hundred dollars more expensive. I said you have a dual mass flywheel. They is go it, like super warped. Well, no, they fall apart like internally. Weird. I mean, Again, I've they, never. They, had they chatter. This issue. They chatter and like lock <laughs> up weirdly. It sucks. But um. No, so I have to explain to you, like, Mark IV Volkswagens, why their Mark IV Volkswagen's clutch job is $700 more expensive. And the TLDR is, you know, if you wanted a cheap car, you should get a Honda. Like, what were you thinking buying a cheap Audi? Especially so, a Mark IV, which chances are hasn't been taken care of fastidiously. No, because no, the Mark IV was the first one where they're kind of hard to deal with. It was <laughs> uh, before people knew better. <clears throat> Um, well, selling a fairly high-end product to low-end people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, low-end but people. The, uh, yeah, like so that. the Mazda has that. I, hopefully, it's closer to the BMW design. I hope so. Mazda seems like they are pretty on the ball, and I'm yeah, guessing they, they wouldn't deliberately ruin their enthusiast vehicle for that. I haven't looked in to see if the well, 124 has a dual mass. Their, their reasoning for the dual mass on the Miata makes a lot of sense. Is, Better drivability? Yeah, it, well, it's for that initial when you're pulling away from a. Um, Is it to help the lack of torque? No, it's when you're when you're in like traffic, mm-hmm. and you're pulling away from a dead stop, but you don't want to go like full throttle. You just mm-hmm. want to go as little throttle as possible. Yeah, you can kind of go on the low end of what the acceptable amount of throttle is, where you would normally get chatter and uh, like that. Um, that was a bad, it, yeah. bad face just now. But you would um, <laughs> instead of having to deal with that, you would. Uh, it, it'll actually absorb those vibrations and smooth it out. So you go like a normally per, a nor- oh, like you normally would. Oh, yeah. just yeah, that's how I drive all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stupid so, anyway. sexy Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But yeah, so... It, it, I, uh, building on this, I... Fiat just released a new 1.3 liter turbo engine to replace the old 1.4, which is in every Abarth ever. Made it smaller? They made it smaller and more powerful. Like, considerably more powerful. That's great. Don't know exactly what's going on, but I wonder if they're going to put that in the 124. That'd be kinda, pretty nifty. Kind of go along with the power bump on the I'd be okay Miata. with that. I, I think Me the, too, because it'll make the old ones cheaper, which I'm all for. Yeah, I think uh, the 124, <laughs> if you were looking to buy a new Miata, buy 124. Yeah, that's that's the thing we're trying to get at here. So. I, I just want more people to buy 124s. <laughs> it's a great car. It is a fabulous car, and it's very, very underappreciated. It, just like almost every Fiat, actually. Everything that's not a Miata is basically an underappreciated. And the Indy's a great I car. I find the Fiat better. Well, the, again, the Fiat started with the adjustable steering column yeah. from the get-go. That's in the Indy now. I think and stuff they, like they that. took a lot of stuff, a lot of luxury stuff that they weren't sure about right. on the Indy, and they kind of prototyped it on the 124, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, it still had the stronger transmission, too, because like Indies have had catastrophic transmission problems. Yes, that's true. With the manual. It's worth mentioning. Yes, <sighs> I, we should note that. Well, that's any Mazda. I Mazda know, can't I know. make a manual transmission. They can't make a transmission, period. They can, because the NC box that's used in the 124 is fine. Perfectly fine. Mm. Those, those can handle like 250 foot pounds. Well, I'm just seeing of every other Mazda I've ever heard of, for the most part, except for like rotaries. But and like your van. My van's awful. <laughs> well, it's good now. Momentarily. <laughs> I'm like, I just noticed when I did wheel change the other night that my output shaft seals like oh, completely no. come apart. So now I gotta yank the axle out. No. So I'm, I'm gonna do that when I do my coilovers because it's the axle's no joke to take out. It sucks. So okay, fine. All but, right. Uh, on a more positive note, yes. NA engines are kind of. We kind of feel like they're going away. They are. No, they are. Especially they, like every time a new V12 NA car comes out, they're like, "This will be the last hurrah of the V12 engine." They've also once I. Jeremy Clarkson said that in 2010. I know. It's I remember like the season-closing film with the DBS, or no, it was the V12 Vantage. Yeah. He's like, this is the last of a breed. He's like, weeping as he's off, like shifting. Driving off into yeah. the sunset. It's just, it's, it's, Do you know what it, just happened yesterday? Mm. Or two days ago? Aston Martin just announced they're building an all-new V12. And wow. I, Shocking. There you go, Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> and the beauty is this one's not based off a Ford Duratec V6, so this one revs to 11,100 no, the, RPM. No, this one is based off of a four-cylinder, actually. Interesting. What? Yeah, they, uh, I did some research on it because I didn't know anything about it. Oh. Um, apparently, with the Valkyrie... Uh, Which is what it's called, by the yeah, way, the Valkyrie. The Aston Martin Valkyrie. Or Valkyrie, if you say it in a cool way. But anyway, um, no, it's... Engine is a four-cylinder that Austin Martin had in the shop that like worked. That was like an actual competition four-cylinder. Never stated what it was in the video I watched, but uh, they redesigned that down to a three-cylinder. Uh, for and then they just used four of them. Yeah, they put used four of them. Oh, I see. So that's how they did it. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Aston Martin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no different. D- don't get your hopes up. It's no different than the Duratec V6. Okay, but fine. it's better. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a parts bin V12. Okay. Yes. Um, but it, it boy, does it rev. I will also tell you that that sounds almost as cool as the 787B. I, I that there was a video clip the, of it running, which I haven't watched. But I don't think you understand what I just said. That's the highest praise I can give to an engine. No, Ryan, I understand. Yeah, there's no engine that will ever sound as cool as the 787B. I woke up to two 787Bs fighting around Road America 300 feet from my ear. Yeah, it's uh, the most yes. amazing noise yes, in the world. it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that that's that. if you say something's as almost as cool 
Like that's you're either lying or you're giving the highest praise possible. It's like a Z th- an early Z31 turbo with a four rotor in it. Basically. Yeah. It's kind of a Yeah. Like it it kind of sounds it, it <laughs> it's worth glorifying in cool level to yeah, Ryan. In cool level to me. Um <laughs> No, I I think honestly the sound it sounds like a really um Yeah, it sounds kind of like two really high strung 2JZs. And then you just play the audio file at like 1.25 speed. Okay. <laughs> just sure. like a little bit faster. Okay. That's a pretty unique noise, so I get you. Yeah, it, it's, it sounds like a F1 car. It's hmm. amazing. Uh, but it's a hell of a lot bigger than an F1 car, so it's even better. That is true, and this engine actually makes some torque. You know, you know what else is cool about it? It's got a gear-driven drivetrain. Oh. Or uh, not drivetrain, yeah, valve train. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Like The only photo of it I saw was the backside, which had like a nine-inch flywheel on it. It was tiny. It's super and small, you could yeah. see like the reinforced areas of the case where there were gears and bearings in it. I'm like, oh, that thing must make a ruckus. Um, so the, you know what? It hasn't been done since the Enzo. No, it's been a while. Um, do you know uh, why they put the small flywheel on? Well, yeah, it's rotational mass. Yeah, exactly. So yep. free rev's like a mofo, but I'm sure it's got a multi-disc, multi-plate clutch in it. It does, yeah. Um, and then also, <laughs> this is my favorite fact about it. You know the intake manifold? It's got that pretty lacquered carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, that lacquered finish is optional. <laughs> you can remove it to save, like, two grams of weight. Because apparently one of the, in- like, the, mate, the head engineer just threw a fit when he found out that they were lacquering the intake manifold. <laughs> this sounds like the F40 and the McLaren F1, like, yeah, it, it's the, the same. People level. just like losing. It's like competitive cyclists. Yeah, it's just this losing. This adds how many grams to my total package? They're just absolutely debilitated. <laughs> they just can't handle humans. The autism is real when it yeah. comes to making a car like that, which um, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, no, that's it's super cool. Um, this is definitely a car I can nerd out about. You know what I think? What? I think that this is going to be the current generation of teenagers, Countach. Or F40. Well, the, the car itself. Or McLaren F1. Doesn't look that cool. But the engine is the underside really cool. so rad. Though. Yeah, but you're never going to see that, Ryan. Yeah, but that's the thing. is like, I, I, I feel like that this would be the next generation. Well, you know else didn't look that cool? What? The McLaren F1. I kind of disagree. Well, I, think... I mean, you compare it to like other ni- late 90s supercars. Super it doesn't look as cool as an F40. But that's I think it, I mean. it looks cooler than an XJ220. Yeah. It looks cooler than AB110. Yeah. That's true. So, but I mean, like, you it's know, up there. I, yeah. Did right, you so, sit in the middle of the damn okay, thing? Okay, all right. So the McLaren Senna is definitely the coolest-looking modern hybrid car. I think that this one... Is will, that the boat tail one or the that's long the one, tail? That's the one with the stupid big spoiler in the back. I don't know if I've seen... Did we cover that on the show? Uh, we might have. I mentioned it about... Uh, nah, I, I mentioned it about... Like, blue um, one that had, like, the carbon fiber that was designed to, like, bow... For no, that's the speed tail. That was not the Senna. I like that one. I haven't seen the Senna. No, the Senna's got a giant spoiler on the back. It was really cool. No, you saw it. It was like... Uh, oh, it oh. just looks like a P1 with bigger ducts stapled to it. Yeah, it looks cool. Eh, yeah, um, fine. You can see through the door. Yeah. Why do, why do I want to see through the door? That's terrifying. It's it's for Italian men. It's the same reason why oh, the Fiat 500 had... Because they're, they're so short, you have to be able no, to see no, most it, of their torso? No, it's... it's, it's, it's no, it's... Yeah. That's why the original Fiat 500 had suicide doors on it. Fine. <laughs> Fine. So, I accept your terrible answer. Um, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think... Um, no, I, I would say, you know, there's the Countach. It was like the 
like cool supercar. And then it was the F40. Yeah. And then it was the F1. And yeah. then it was the Enzo. Yeah, kind of. And then the the uh, Veyron. P1. Oh, yeah. The Veyron. Yeah, Veyron, then P1. The P1. I think that this is going to be the new one. I think this will be the first time since the 60s where Aston Martins even be considered on the list. Aston Martin. And yeah, probably. Yeah, I really, I really okay, think that. I could see that. I so, mean, it's enough of a technological showcase, and it's enough of a deviation from the hybrid turbo V8 thing that everyone else is doing. It's it's that, and I think what's really cool about it is kind of like the McLaren F1 back in the day. Yeah. It does what everybody else is doing with turbochargers and stuff, and does it all motor. Because this makes yeah. as much power as Bugatti, but all motor. Yeah, I just don't or understand why they came out with the Vulcan, and then two years later do this. Because that's just, they're a supercar Why don't they just do this instead when they made the Vulcan? Because the Vulcans are front, people that like front engine. I guess. Yeah, that's I a, guess, that's Yeah, a, that's true. Mid-engine's kind of the, a the, And for, besides, the, the correct answer since 1997 has been, what is the coolest supercar? It's been the Pagani Zonda. Oh, God, yeah. That's the coolest supercar. The for, best one is a Koenigsegg. The coolest one's a Zonda. It, it's regardless of what anything else is being made as. Yep. Like, I don't care. The Zonda exists. And you know what? You can still buy a Zonda today. And the Zonda's still cooler. You can still buy a Zonda? Yes. Horatio Pagani said that he will still make the Pagani Zonda if somebody shows up with a briefcase full of cash. Awesome. And somebody did. And they made one in 2018. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. What type of Zonda was it? Do you know? Was it like an F? Um, an I don't know exactly, but it was, it's a one-off. All Imagine custom. how hard it would be to find a brand new one of those Mercedes NA V12s. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said you have to show up with a briefcase full of cash. This engine started production in 1990 and ended production in 2002. Yeah. It, They're getting harder to find. Yeah, and if since 2002, it's been like the de facto like LS swap of like supercars. <sighs> Well, kind of. They've been using the single-cam 6-liter turbo one and the Wyra and stuff like that. That's recently. true, yeah. But, I mean, the, like, for, the for a long time. One, for a long time, like in the yeah. 2000s. Like, like the SL70. Like every every small supercar startup just used the Mercedes AMG V12. Oh, yeah, because it made a sh- ton of power. Yeah, it made a ton of power, and it was a really good engine. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, so I guess they made one where they did, like, they did custom-dyed carbon fiber and everything on it for, like, the entire car, even the bits you're not going to see. Like behind the dashboard, <laughs> like literally all of it. Um, that sounds like a briefcase cash kind of person thing. Yeah, and the guy, like, it, it, uh, I guess he said like, yeah, entry price would be like a million dollars, and by the time the guy was done, it's like three point two or something. Like, good just lord, tripled the price of the car from doing all this weird custom stuff. It has, has like green, like bright mint green those leather with like white stitching at least it wasn't persian like brass linkages and blue shag pile yeah tell me about it <laughs> tell me more <laughs> oh, i kind of want to talk about that i mean not right now but at some point we should talk about like the cars that are currently available with options that can double the price base price of a vehicle. yeah no that's more. absolutely worth talking about because that would be funny to go over oh it'd be super funny i mean other than porsche which you can do that on any one of their cars easily. Well, yeah, it's how they're designed. They're they're made to be almost affordable, and then like by the time you get the one you want, you just sell your house. Oh, you want one that like works, has like an engine and stuff. I'll be like twice like, that much. Like Duesenberg, yeah, you can get a Duesenberg for seven grand. Do you want a body with it? Because I'll be twelve. I can't reach the bell from here. Oh God. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. I'm sad now. Anyway, I think. Um, 
Well, there's one more thing I want to do, Ben. I do want to mention. We're almost done with the episode, though. I want to squeeze this in because we don't have it. We don't have room for it for tomorrow. I think. You mean or Wednesday? For Wednesday yet? Um, did you hear that Toyota's making a new MR2? Uh, I have not heard confirmation. Apparently, there's rumors that they are, and apparently, I've heard the rumors. I've it's going to use. Shots, but... Apparently, it's going to use a Subaru Flat Four. Oh. Well, no, it's going to be the modern one. So it's the FA. The FA, yeah. Okay, that's fine then. Well, I also noticed I looked at the FA without the cylinder head on. Yeah. And that is second to the Volkswagen Vanagon for the most open top cylinder head I've ever seen. Yikes. Like, you can, like, put, like, two fingers in between the side of the like engine the block. And the... Yeah, between the water. Yeah, the water jacket's massive. Yeah. Uh, it's really bad. I mean, but, uh, keep it cool when the head gasket starts blowing, but... I don't think it will because MLS and once you MLS and Subaru, yeah, you're EJs good. have been MLS since '09. They still pop them. No, the turbo ones have been. Even the NA cars. Have I pu- I pulled sure. I pulled the cylinder head off of a uh, 2010. I know for sure Outback. the Rexers and STIs were, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like a 2009 Outback, we did. Yeah, maybe those were organic gaskets. They were still on the organic. Car. I, I okay. know because we did one on Tuesday at my work. <laughs> I would laugh if they started MLS and the, like the last person that did it put like an organic one in not knowing <laughs> like where'd you even find this i actually i actually did order a set of head gaskets um a couple of weeks ago assuming that they were mls and i saw yeah. that it was organic by tech like interesting he, was, he brought that to my attention i'm like well i'm gonna lose my shirt on this but i'm gonna make sure we do it right because i don't want to have this guy come back like oh, in 10 years and be really mad so yeah but replacing an mls right gasket on a used engine, it's just a recipe for disaster. No, no, this one was organic. Right, no, I, I was gonna, I was yeah. get, that's as I, I just did a uh, MLS and seven organic to make sure we were taking care of them. Oh, gotcha. But, yeah, no. Once we know more about the MR2, we will be. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. MR2s, and so do you. So, and I also, unlike you, really love Subaru. Still, weirdly. I really don't like Subaru. Yeah, I, I still, they have a place in my heart. So, anyway. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, no, I think I got everything. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Motor Cult. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Be sure to uh, follow us on all the big social media things. Yep, check the um, thingies for the links to stuff. It's all there. And, and then I, we also, don't forget Patreon. We got we have our Patreon, again, too. If you want to contribute to our rename, rebrand, you have to be a Patreon patron. So. Yes. So if you are mad because we are <laughs> called Voitois or something, then that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll probably be something super french if you don't say something so yeah it will oh, yeah. It'll be all <laughs> I mean, of my suggestions watch your vitesse podcast dc uh i i i added another one to the list uh yesterday before i left work it was Mer- it was podcast de la rue de la rue yeah i saw that i think that's kind of cool man. so yeah it's gonna be french if you don't yeah but in. we gotta keep the syllables down too if we can that's the only problem oh. but like de la rue is the name of the podcast well, so it's not bad voitois is only two syllables even Voiture? though yeah, even though it's spelled Voiturette. Voiturette, <laughs> so. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, um, yep, follow us on all that kind of shenanigans, and uh, make sure to stay tuned for Wednesday. Thanks. See you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.